Hey everyone, welcome to episode 154, Distract, Don't Act. Meet our mom, Kelly Hutchison. She is a life coach. She is a child counselor. She is a teacher. She's a parent coach. And she's a mom to us. She will teach you to stop yelling at your kids. She will teach you to get your kids to lesson. She will teach you how to never sleep with mommy guilt again. She will teach you how to be an imperfect mom. So you can help your kids be imperfect too. And have harmony in the home. Now, not only today did I come up with a fun little title, because you know I love alliteration. You know what else I love? Rhyming words. So distract, don't act. I'm going to get to in a minute. But before I start... We have a review. We haven't had a review in a very long time. And I have to say, you all make this podcast as popular as it is because when I go to share it or email it or post it in my stories, I start to feel very small. I start to feel very shy. I start to feel not good enough. I start to tell myself, if people need help, they know where to find it. I don't need to put myself out there. I can just record the podcast, but I don't have to really tell anybody about it which doesn't really work because then it's like I'm talking to myself. So I appreciate you doing the sharing and the spreading because I get very nervous and very scared to self-promo, I guess you can call it, even though it's our podcast of just like, hey, go listen to everything I say. And my brain says, oh, no, no, you can just play small. You can just do the podcast, but you don't have to promote it. You don't have to put it on social media. You don't have to email it to anybody. They'll find it. But that's like me saying, um, okay, here's $50. I put it out for you, but I don't tell you where the $50 is. So hopefully I'm offering value and I really appreciate you sharing. That's a long-winded way of saying that. And so when I got this review, I was like, oh, this is so amazing. This is from Tori Boats on Apple Podcasts. And Tori, you're so sweet. She says, I love that I learned practical things to teach my kids through learning about myself. Kelly gives me scripts to use so I know what to say. She teaches ways to examine my own thoughts and beliefs so I can focus on the right things while allowing room for being a normal human with all the feels. Yes. Oh, I love that. And I love that hopefully our podcast gives you scripts and then you go off on your own and you make it your own magic. It's almost like I'm the training wheels of what to say but there's so many right ways of saying it that I don't want you to think I have to say it just like Kelly. I have to say it like the books do. I have to say it like my therapist said too. I have to do it exactly like my parents did or I have to do exactly like my parents didn't. I have to do it just like my brother does because he's a great father. I have to do it just like my brother doesn't because he's a horrible father. I have to do it just like XYZ person because they're amazing or I have to do it exactly like XYZ person doesn't do it because they're horrible and I don't want... (laughs) This is what our brain says. Obviously, they're not horrible human beings. All the disclaimers. Like, I hope I don't have to do disclaimers on, like, we're not all good. We're not all bad. We're all a combination of all the things. We're all flawed and we're all awesome. So I hope that disclaimer goes without saying. But the brain is very all or nothing. So I kind of let you know that so you can be onto yourself and onto your brain. Like, I see you, brain. I see you, brain. I see you trying to play small. I see you trying to keep me from taking action. I understand that. And we're going to do this anyway. The more we can normalize it for ourselves, then the more we can normalize it for our kids. And we're not so shocked and surprised when they don't want to do XYZ chore, if they don't want to get up for school, if they want to be picked up from school early, which I get a lot for my kids, if they don't want to feed the dog, walk the dog. Of course they don't. And we can say like in our heads, of course they don't. 
because I'm XYZ age and I don't want to either. This is completely normal. Now, it doesn't mean that they don't do the thing. It just means we're not mad about it. We're not taking it personally, like they're being disrespectful. How am I going to raise a hard worker if they're not going to empty the dishwasher? The story that goes along with it is what I want to like excommunicate out of your brain. And I am always trying to excommunicate out of my brain. So distract, don't act came from the concept that we all do. Remember, I'm not just a hair club for men client. No, what is the sentence? Hold on. I'm not just the owner of the hair club for men. I'm also a client. You know that story, that commercial where the guy's like, shows a picture of him like so bald. And then he's like a full Afro, not Afro, a whole curly head. Like he's a clown. And he's like, I also take these products and that's why I'm not bald. So I always want you to know that whenever I'm telling you anything or talking to you, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking with you. Do you see how many disclaimers I put on this podcast? It's literally like, if you were to put the amount of disclaimers that like line it up in the number of minutes, it's a lot. And a lot of times, Michael, our podcast editor, he edits a lot of them out because I'm like, okay, that sounds a little bit too desperate and needy. Let's just tone that down a little bit, Kelly, in your brain. So distract, don't act comes from the concept that a lot of times there's a presenting problem that we think is the problem, but underneath is really the bigger problem. But it's much easier to distract ourselves with XYZ problem, because then we don't have to think about or address the bigger problem. And I always use the example of, it's like if we have a rash and we just keep treating the rash, but we don't get to the root of why the rash is there, then a lot of times we just keep complaining about the rash and dealing with the rash. So a lot of times in our life, we have a presenting problem that is a cover or a distraction for something bigger that we don't want to address or that we don't want to think about, or we don't want to feel. And so we become hyper-focused on XYZ presenting problem, but a lot of times not taking action towards XYZ problem. Because if we address XYZ problem, which is the presenting problem, which is the lighter of the two, because different problems have different levels of heaviness, different levels of weight. My car running out of gas is a problem, but a lot of times it's not what you would call a problem. But a bigger problem would be thinking about abuse that we felt as a child or an ex-husband or an ex-wife. That's a much deeper, richer problem than running out of gas. Running out of gas is still a problem. So there's always this continuum. And then different people give different weights to their different problems in your life. You can't go through life without problems. I've never met a person, including myself, including Maggie, our dog, including everybody in my family, that goes through life without presenting with problems. Big, medium, and small. You always hear about people talking about first world problems. So an example of this, I've been working in the weight loss space since probably 2012, 2013. And a lot of times people use their weight as a presenting problem that is a cover or a smoke screen, so to speak, for something bigger going on that we don't want to address or feel or face. So when that thought of that problem comes up, let's say it was an abusive ex-husband or an abusive father or an abusive mother or a strained relationship you have with a sibling, it's really those deep wounds. A lot of times something like our weight or a messy house or stress at a job can be almost like a smokescreen for the bigger, deeper rooted problem. So a lot of times people spend their life dancing around the presenting problem because they don't really want it to go away because if it goes away, then the smoke screen is gone. 
the buffer, so to speak, is gone. Now, we always talk about buffering, how we can buffer with activities. We can buffer away from our feelings with being overworked. We can over Facebook. We can over social media. We can over sleep. We can over drink. We can over vape. We can over smoke. Remember, we're always trying to find the Goldilocks balance. And that's for us to judge independently. You know, like Goldilocks, not too hot, not too cold. There's too cold, there's too hot of exercise. Let's just use that as an example. Not exercising at all would be the too cold. The over-exercising would be four times a day, seven days a week, biking, running. Unless you're training for a triathlon, you know that it's too hot because we're trying to get away from something. Now, social media is another example. There's nothing inherently bad about it and too cold. I don't think you can underdo it. But if you're just a recluse and not, you know, you're hiding underneath your bed, that's too cold. If you're on it 24-7, seven days a week, counting the number of likes, making it mean something about your worthiness, that's probably too hot. So the Goldilocks balance of something like that would be you find your own way of what works for you and what works for your family. So that's why you can only be the judge of what is that Goldilocks balance. There is no manual out there, so to speak. So whenever we know that we're overdoing something or even underdoing something, it could be with our yelling, it could be with our snapping, it could be with our closed-offness, you get to plug and play what that thing is that you're overdoing. You can kind of see how that's an escape, so to speak, from feeling your feelings or addressing something. Like if you're super stressed out, stress is part of the human experience. And then just completely disengaging, you need to do. But if we're overly disengaging, then we know that we're buffering to try to get away from said problem or try not to feel it. That's why people love overeating because it distracts them and they're feeling that feeling of full or the over drinking because they feel that sense of escapism that they don't have to feel. When we're not so afraid of our feelings that we don't have to escape from our own lives, then we're not buffering so much because buffering just leads to more suffering. Oh, another rhyme. So you can see that in things that we do, that buffering to create a distance between us and said problem, said stress, said trauma, said annoyance, it just creates a distance. And the distance just gets bigger and bigger and bigger the more we do it. So we can see that with buffering with activities, the same thing happens sometimes with our problems that we get lost in. We might hyper obsess about a problem that we think our child has because it's much easier to obsess about their reading problems or their behavior problems or their social problems or their manners problems, or their eating problems, or their not pottying problems. It's much easier to hyper-focus and hyper-obsess on that because that's another way to escape from something deeper, harder, and more serious. So the problems that we think, if we just solve this problem, if we just solve this problem, we think that that's the answer to all of our problems. But what happens is when we remove that problem, we realize it was a smokescreen for something else. So a lot of times when you know this, then you can address said problem. Let's say it's distracting yourself with your weight and then not doing anything about it because if you do something about it, then it will remove the smokescreen. I want to alert you that this is a common thing that we do as humans. So when you're aware of it, then you realize that things that are laying underneath the surface will come up and that's okay. So a lot of times when people take yelling off the table, they realize the yelling was just a smokescreen for frustrations that they had with their parents or with their spouse or within themselves. I know when I started doing this work, I was buffering and I was hiding and I was distracting myself with my kids and their problems. And I was super hyper-focused on their problems because then I didn't have to look at my side of the street. It was much easier to hyper-focus on their reading, on their manners, on their grades, on their food, and hyper-control them 
because my life felt so out of control. And so I could garner some of that control by overly controlling them. Instead of focusing on my side of the street, it was much easier to focus on their side of the street and be all up in their business. Because when they're little and they're babies, they need us to be up in their business. And so that pulling away is a very, it's almost like a bittersweet moment. And it's also very hard for us. It's part of the human experience and it's part of the growth and it's all natural. But it's also very hard because once we have to start pulling away, we can't get so lost in them anymore. We actually have to find ourselves separate from them so then they can spread their own wings and fly too and we can be the wind beneath those wings. Do you see how sometimes a problem like a messy house would be a good distraction for frustrations you might have at work? So if we hyper-focus on the house and the mess and the people in it that are messing it up and we're just super frustrated with them, then it's a buffer, it's a distraction, it's a smokescreen for something else that's going on underneath the smokescreen. And so we actually don't take any action in the thing that is the smokescreen because if we take action towards that thing, it's almost like our wooby. We have to let go of our wooby, our safety blanket, our security blanket. And letting go of that security blanket is very, 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 very hard because it provides this odd sense of comfort because it's a problem that we're familiar with. It's a problem that we're comfortable with, even though it's a prickly problem. It's still something we're very comfortable with. So it's easier to hide in a weight problem or a messy house or a dysfunctional marriage or yelling at the kids. Because once we take the security blanket away, it's like when we're little, the security blanket and the wooby isn't really doing anything to protect us, but it gives us a false sense of security that it's protecting us from the boogeyman or the ghost or whatever you're afraid of. I was always afraid of the boogeyman. When I had my blankie or my wooby, I felt so safe and secure. It was giving me a false sense of security. It wasn't actually doing anything other than giving me a false sense of security. Now, I'm not saying not to use whoobies when you're little, but when you're older, we use adult versions of our whoobies, and then pulling that whoobie away is very hard because then once we pull the whoobie away, we have to feel our feelings and be like, oh, we have to address the boogeyman. We have to address the problem that we've been resisting and running from for so long, but it's much easier to dance and run around the presenting problem because we think we're actually doing something. So let's say if it is our weight, we just have to find the right workout program and the right eating plan and the right coach to help and the right equipment and the right gym. And so we spin and we spin and we spin and we spin and we spin, not doing anything, but kind of doing something about it, kind of like dabbling a little bit. And then said program that we choose, we don't really work the program. So the program doesn't really work. So then we just keep spinning and spinning and spinning and spinning because it's acting as a distraction from taking further action on something else. The yelling is another great distraction. The yelling is just a smokescreen. When I hear someone yelling a lot, that doesn't tell me anything. I don't think, well, oh my goodness, they're such a horrible person for yelling. I just think they're covering up something else that's going on. And once the yelling is taken away, it's actually very hard because then that presenting problem comes up and they have to feel it and address it. And they didn't even know it was there. The other day I was washing Maggie in the bathtub and I hit my shin so hard. I didn't fall in the tub, but I almost did and I stopped myself and I hit my shin so hard on the side of the tub that I was like, oh, it was tender and it was hurt and it was bleeding. I mean, it wasn't stitches or anything like that, but it was like, oh, that makes me want to curse. And so then I put a bandaid and I took care of it and I kind of forgot about it. I asked my family for sympathy and they're like, oh, it looks fine. You know, it's just a bandaid over it. I'm like, I want some sympathy. And so later on, Grady and I were play wrestling and he accidentally kicked me in the shins. And I will tell you, my eyeballs about popped out of my head because he hit on something that I didn't even, it wasn't hurting anymore. But, oh, did he remind me that it hurt? 
So our kids and our spouse and our house and our weight, it is just a big cover. It's just a big Band-Aid over the boo-boo that is laying dormant. And so we think that if the kids would just change, we would stop yelling. And I'm telling you, it won't happen. So instead of wanting our kids and spouse to change, we change in the Band-Aid in which we're responding to, then our whole life changes. And we have the same kids and same spouse. Now, of course, all the disclaimers, assuming you're not married to a spouse that is abusing you and having wild affairs all the time. This is just assuming a lot of things when I say these things, so I'm not talking absolutes. And so the next day, my leg's feeling better and everything's good. And then, bam, hit on the dishwasher. I was like, what? You know how the dishwasher door, it's kind of down, and I bumped into it. And normally, that wouldn't have hurt. But because the boo-boo was now two days old, and it was fresh, then felt better, then Grady reignited it, then it was feeling better after that. And then the dishwasher, the door was down, and boom. I was like, no way is this happening. So just know that a lot of times what we think we're super stressed about, it might be what you're obsessed about with your kids and you're hyper-focused because it's so much easier to hyper-focus on a messy house or our weight or our kids or our spouse or our job or our boss or X, Y, Z, but it's really just a Band-Aid, just like on my boo-boo from the tub because Maggie was trying to get out of the tub. It's just acting as a Band-Aid. And so when you know that, you can still address said problem But then when the boo-boo starts to hurt because you take away said problem, if you take away the weight, if you take away the messy house, if you take away the misbehaving child, or you take away the distant spouse, and I don't mean take them away that they go somewhere, but when you solve that problem, it's actually very scary. And it's like living and sleeping in your five-year-old bed without your whoopee because the boogeyman will feel like it's bigger and bigger and bigger. And that's when you step into emotional adulthood and you're like, oh, this is what Kelly was talking about. That's why most people, when they lose 20, 30, 40, 50 pounds, and they say, oh, it's just water weight, and then they put the 20, 30, 40, 50 pounds back on in the next year, the reason why is because they weren't prepared for how it was gonna feel that their smokescreen and their Band-Aid, when you take that away, the bigger stuff is underneath. So when you take that away, it's very scary. It's very uncomfortable. It's very vulnerable. People start to notice you. They start to compliment you. That's why a lot of people, when they had the gastric bypass surgery or the band and things like that, they were so used to overeating as a distraction, as a buffer. When they lose that, a lot of times they've never had a drop of alcohol in their life. And all of a sudden they become an over drinker because they just need something else to escape. But when you are aware of this, this is why I tell everybody I can possibly talk to about this. When you are aware of it, that this is coming and this is going to happen, then you realize you're not trying to remove the weight, remove the misbehaving child, remove the dysfunctional marriage, remove the messy house, remove meaning not go away. But when you fix that problem, it's not that more problems come up. You just realize what that was acting as a Band-Aid for. And when you are prepared for that, then you're like, oh, this is what Kelly was talking about. This is life without a whoopee. This is life without my problem that I've had since I was 12 years old, since I was five years old. I love using the example as weight because a lot of times people had issues with their weight since they were five years old. So it's something they're very comfortable with. So taking that away is not only addressing your childhood without the whoopee, but adult life without your whoopee too. So just know that this is coming. When you take whatever presenting problem is away, you can see what else is underneath, and then you don't have to use your problem is away. You can see what else is underneath, and then you don't have to use your problems as a distraction, and it allows you to take actions on said problem and the problem that's underneath your Band-Aid too. And you don't have to live with the smoke screen. I love you guys, and I'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Hey mamas, thanks for listening. If you had any ahas, clicks, or those lightning bolt moments while listening, you have to check out my free parenting bootcamp. 
where we take all of this to the next level and we try to create even more awakenings for ourselves so that we can connect more with our kids and never yell at them again. You can sign up at www.coachingkelly.com. And if you really want to fill up my love cup, send me an email of what your aha was, what your click was, what was that lightning bolt moment while you were listening. I want nothing more in life than for you to have harmony in your home and to learn how to be an imperfect mom like me, which allows your kids to be imperfect too, each and every day. Thanks for listening.